Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and what if on Disney Plus. I'm Alex. Today we ask ourselves, what if? The possibilities are endless. It could be us hosting this. It could be, we could all be wearing t-shirts or some sort of hoodie, despite the fact that it's summer. What if? I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the second episode of season one of What If? And the idea here, spoilers if you haven't checked it out, but what if T'Challa turned out to be Star-Lord? What if that happened? We find out in this very episode. Go and watch it because spoilers ho. But to give you a broad overview of the episode, it is exactly what I said at the beginning. We start at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. Turns out T'Challa was taken to Starlord. We don't know exactly what's happening. We flash back. We see how it happened. And we follow a heist as T'Challa and his team of good guy Robin Hood or Robin Leach, if you prefer, style oh, yeah. ravagers. Come on. Rob the collector of the Embers of Genesis. I believe it's called the Embers of Genesis. Yep. I think that's good. And uh, his crew includes none other than Thanos, who T'Challa managed to convince to be a good guy. Oh, my God. And by the, the end of Thanos the episode... Thanos bits were just unbelievable every great time. Great to see him. Good great stuff. To see him. Uh, by the end of the episode, T'Challa and the Ravagers have headed back to Wakanda. They have a big party there. We get to see him reunited with his family. And there's a little tease that things may be about to go very wrong in the multiverse as Ego the Living Planet shows up to reclaim his son, the actual Star-Lord, Peter Quill, uh, tying into Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So uh, just not reading material, but I guess watching material for this one is pretty obvious, but you're definitely going to want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the direct thing. Black Panther would be a good thing to watch. If you really want extra credit, then you're going to want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and maybe Avengers Infinity War, but I think you could probably figure out what's going on there. So let's talk about this episode, and I think we need to start with the big thing here, of course, which is this is Chadwick Boseman's final role. I believe it's his final role overall, not just his final role as T'Challa. It ends with a very heart-wrenching dedication to him at the end that says, dedicated to our friend, our inspiration, and our hero, Chadwick Boseman. And then the screen fades to black, and there's some very sad music over the credits. Pete, I know you were so affected, you had to take a break. You had to take an emotional break after the episode. How did this hit you? How did this strike you? Well, this is this is the last like Black Panther moment we have. Like Chadwick Boseman played Black Panther and brought it to a whole nother level, and this was his last kind of stamp on it. This was the last of Black Panther, and it was it was emotional because this is it. Like, <laughs> there's no more. Like, it really sinks in, and it's like really, uh, he he was 
just so happy that he got to play Black Panther. And this was such a amazing look at how awesome Black Panther is as a character. You put him in over here, you put him in over here. What a different outcome. Like having Thanos as a buddy, uh, the guy at the bar, who, like, dude, that's genocide. It was just such a powerful, amazing what if. And then also an exploration of how great this character is. Um, and it it's emotional because, like, I I, I just thought uh, it was such an amazing performance. And him as an actor was unbelievable. And I go back and I watch uh, him playing Jackie Robinson. And I put in my head that it's Black Panther. So it's fun on different <laughs> levels. But it's just one of those things where... It, it hits you, and I'm glad that Marvel did that respectful thing at the end. But I did, because we were watching these back-to-back. I needed a moment, uh, and then I was able to move on. But, man, it was awesome. Justin, what about you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Pete. It it was, like, when watching this and to hear his voice was just... Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, it, it it gets you. It's such a it's a rare, it's a rare thing in our culture or in Hollywood or whatever where... It's just a truly sad story across the board. And someone that genuinely everyone, like, really loved Chadwick Boseman. And to be able to hear him do the role, like Pete's saying, um, that sort of brought him to our attention, um, even though it was in in an animated format, it's still, it's just amazing how powerful that voice is. I loved, and I think you were touching this on it as well, Pete, but I loved that this was such a upbeat tribute to the character. That's the thing that really struck me about it. Like I completely understand getting emotional at the thing at the end and hearing his voice for the last time. But the idea that you have Chadwick playing this character that we all love from Black Panther and the other movies coming in and the idea that T'Challa, if he was Star-Lord, would make everything better (laughs) is great and true. I think 100% accurate. Of course, he would be a better Star-Lord than Peter Quill. Of course, he would make the entire galaxy better. He'd make the Ravagers better. He'd make Thanos better, all these things. And I understand those are story things, but the way that Chadwick Boseman plays in this episode is so fun and so light throughout that I thought it was a really beautiful, wonderful thing to see because... It's complete happenstance, of course, you know, but oftentimes with these sort of things, a actor who plays an iconic role will pass away and you have that last episode and it's just grueling and sad to watch. Here to watch something that makes you laugh, that's a fun adventure, a fun heist, has some cute moments to it and ends in a really positive way with that party at Wakanda is great. It leaves you feeling good at the end about the legacy that Bozeman uh, left behind, even though he was taken from us far too soon. Yeah, I mean, it's funny too, like the, he convinces, Black Panther convinces Thanos to not kill half of the universe by yeah. just chatting. He just talks him out of it. And Thanos, is, it's like a bar conversation. He's like, you know, I thought it was a good idea. Like just to be able to, that's a, a superpower that we don't talk about very much um, in yeah. the Black Panther quiver. Um, and like you're saying, Alex, it feels especially joyful given everything that happened, which is sort of like that can't be what they had intended here. It's just a, a happy coincidence that um, the last thing we hear of Chadwick Boseman is something really celebrating the joy of the character and the actor. Yeah, it, like I said, complete happenstance here, but it does give something an episode that I think otherwise would be just kind of a fun lark. 
You know, it gives it a lot more emotional weight, particularly when you get to any of those Wakanda sequences, when you see his dad begging for him to come home, when you hear the music kick in, when he sees the ship, all those little things. When he finally returns home at the end, it feels that much more poignant. As soon as you hear the drums, it's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, shit. Like, it's uh, so well done. So tight. Just a heads up, guys. If you say anything negative about this episode, I will lose my fucking shit on you. Okay. (laughs) So just so we know moving forward, Mm. this is an unbelievable episode, okay? All reviewers um, threaten their partners uh, (laughs) to say only nice things about things. Well, to that end, I think that's a great segue to talk about the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is how does this stack up against the first episode? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I have this bear here that's sleeping right next to me, and if I say anything loud, it wakes up and it just starts bawling me. That's the great Oh, the best way to deal with a bear is to just poke it a a little bit. Bears <laughs> oh, love okay, to I'll be very it. lightly poked. Poke. Poking the bear. Poke. It's an old uh, wives' tale. Oh, that's where Don't it comes from. Well, Pete, let's go to you then, because obviously you want to frame this up as you didn't want us to make fun or say anything bad about the first episode. You definitely don't want us to say anything bad about the second episode. But yeah. which one is better, Pete? Uh, you got to give it to this one just because of the, you know, the Chadwick Boseman of it all. So, you know, that makes it. Oh, so Haley Atwell is bad at her job? Is that what you're saying, Pete? That's really interesting. It's really interesting that you definitely think that. This is a healthy way you turned that on, Amalek. Definitely (laughs) a good thing for all of us. Oh, hold on. The bear's waking up. Give me a second. Uh, Anyway, just to actually talk about this episode versus the other one, uh, I think this, this to me was very much on par. Like, I like the fact that we did get the riffs on the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it went off on its own tangent. It has its own heist and structure there and played off of these different aspects of the Marvel Universe in a creative way. I think there's a more emotional heft to this one as well that I liked, and that's probably because of the Bozeman of it all. Um, But still, just a fun show. I think overall, that's what I get for these first two episodes. What about you, Justin? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I do think if I had to choose, um, I would p- probably say that I like the first one better, the well, Captain uh, Captain Carter one, only because that feels more in spirit with what what if is, where it's like you just take one thing and uh, and make that little change and see the repercussions. When this was like this was like a mashup. This was like a fun mashup of two mm-hmm. different um, universes, uh, two different um, just character character people uh, put thrown together in a bucket that we hadn't seen before. So it, it definitely uh, was fun, but not quite having the same like watcher looking down being like one little nail in the road changed everything. Well, let me ask you this question then. Does the initial what if of it all make sense? And what I mean by that is the idea that the Ravagers pick up T'Challa instead of Peter Quill. Does that work for you? Well, it hits on something you, that bothers me. If you outsource, me. I mean, come on, you know what you, you, you. It hits on something that bothers me as a sort of um, retcon almost that the Ravagers were looking for Peter Quill because of ego. When I, I'm like, ah, that's sort of. I like the idea that that Peter Quill was just pulled into space. I think it was a fun idea, and to change that weakens it a little bit, which is what they did in the main story. Um, and this, it feels just a little convenient. It feels a little like, well, this other guy is really awesome, too. So what if he got picked up? When mm-hmm. The fun of the story has always been a random kid gets picked up and gets to go to space. The fact that T'Challa in this is like, 
hell yeah, I'm going to space. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, you're supposed to be a little sad about it, I think. Yeah. And I do think beyond that, it's fine and it's fun. And I like all the riffs and the changes they make. But that was the one thing where I was like, how dare you? It's a little creaky here. It's a little creaky. How dare you? Yeah. I think we know what Pete's going to say. I I do have another um, They explained it very clearly, Mm -hmm. and it it makes sense. If two knuckleheads are kind of half-assing something, you're going to get something like that. It's two entirely different parts of the world. And I understand we're talking about a multiverse where there's infinite variables here. In space, it's not. It's still a round little thing you're landing on. It doesn't make that much. planets are. Right, I'm saying planets before. It's it's far from us cuz we live here, but when you're coming from there, it oh, doesn't yeah, when matter. You're far away, it looks small. Oh my god. It gets larger <laughs> as you get closer to it though. You're such a ridiculous person. Wait, give it Pete, giving you directions must be easy. It's <laughs> super uh, easy. Like I'm trying to get to New York City. Oh, don't worry, it's tiny on a giant. Map. <laughs> it's about an inch away. It's an inch away. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, you're so close. Um, maybe there's just a, an infinite multiverse uh, situation where the Ravagers picked up every child on Earth. Um, and this is just the one where it was uh, sure. T'Challa. Um, one other thing that has always bothered me about Guardians of the Galaxy uh, canon is Yondo's arrow. The fact that it really? just shoots, shoots around and he just whistles and it can, it's too powerful. It's too juiced up. It's, really? He could kill anyone just by whistling a little tune. Yeah, but he doesn't whistle the proper way. Exactly. I've never heard him miss, really. He doesn't be like, (laughs) oh, whoops, that was... um, His whistling is very specific. (laughs) But but it's not... It seems, wow, uh, I can hear it coming. It just seems too easy for him to just kill everyone. So he's too too powered up in my mind. Oh, okay. That's a weird, very specific thing. I guess. I mean, I think in this episode, I didn't mind it. Because it's a riff. You're showing this thing that happened, but in a different way. You're showing that Yondu and him are working together. The arrow was a big reveal in the first movie, but here we already know it's coming. So I appreciated them doing it right at the beginning and then eventually having the collector just snap it so it doesn't enter into that final fight there. What did you think about the fact that the collector was totally jacked? Jack collector. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I mean, when you lift enough um, uh, baseball cards and comic books and whatever yeah. else you're collecting, Just, you're going to get strong, kid. Mm-hmm. That, my whole workout plan is designed around lifting uh, old issues of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I watch your back, bro. This uh, gets into another thing that I think we could talk about, the voice work. I think we were uniformly pretty happy with the voice work in the first episode, other than Sebastian Stan. I know we're not even going to touch Chadwick Boseman. He did a great job as T'Challa. But what did you think about the rest of it? Was there anything that jumped out to you as good, bad, in between? I I thought it was great. Um, Like we were saying in the first episode, uh, I don't even mind uh, when the casting isn't what it was in the movies. Like, it's, a, it's an approximation. It gets close to, to get a voice actor that can really deliver. Because that, outside of the few little quibbles I mentioned before, I thought this episode was really fun. The, mm-hmm. the fights were great. The story was really fun. A lot of good jokes in here. Um, it made the Ravagers seem like a much more fun group than we've seen in the Guardians movies. They really take on, they become the Guardians of the Galaxy in a lot of, way, a lot of ways. So across the board, I thought the casting was great. Yep. Uh, I, I agree. Also, just the moment of like, 
what was nice about the what up what if of it all where we're uh you know Black Panther gets to kind of spend some time with his father, you know, in the real universe, you know, that didn't happen. So that was also really powerful and nice. That whole, like, my son, like, uh, whoever was uh, doing the voice work for that was really very, very well felt. And, uh, Other than cool. Bozeman, I thought Karen Gillan was the real standout for me as Nebula. Yeah, Just Nebula was The way great. she said cha-cha was very good <laughs> and very fun throughout the episode. Yeah. Um, also, I think it was Josh Brolin doing Thanos, which was great good to Thanos. hear him back, yeah. which was great. It was also awesome to see him cutting loose. Like the fight scenes with Thanos in particular were very cool and very big. Because something I was wondering once they brought him out is that twist halfway through the episode is how are the Revengers not overpowered? And he stays pretty chill most of the episode until he completely lets loose. And when he lets loose, he just crushes whole battalions of people and punches them across the way. And I thought that was very cool to see. And I love the Black Order in this. Like, they're such a great group of villains. Um, And we only really get to see them hanging around Thanos as his uh, lackeys. But they're great here. Uh, And Thanos being like, oh, I know these guys. They're annoying. Um, (laughs) Like, they, I want to see more of them in other parts of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. A couple of other things that I noticed that I wanted to call out. Uh, some of them are pretty obvious, I think. But uh, the Drax scene, I thought, was great. Him at the bar. Oh, yeah. Very funny. Also, this kind of snuck under the radar for me the first time I watched it. But Drax's wife and daughter are alive in this universe because T'Challa convinced Thanos yeah. to not go yeah. down a bad path. And I love that. I love those little things that are like tiny repercussions through the what if because of this one change. And I hope in further episodes, we get things like that where like we talked about one big change causes multiple literal and bigger changes. Uh, so I thought that was fun. Uh, we saw Cosmo, the space dog here, who I believe briefly yeah. showed up in the first guardians of the galaxy and is a big character in the guardians of the galaxy, the comic books. In the comic. Yeah. Uh, also we got to see Howard, the duck, yeah, great use of Howard the Duck. You don't get to say that often, but man, great use of Howard the Duck in this. And it was uh, Seth Green, who yeah. we talked to on a Riverdale podcast. He has done the voice of Howard the Duck multiple times, including, I believe, in Guardians of the Galaxy. So it was fun to hear him back. I wish he had played into it a little bit more. That was the one thing that I felt like, eh, this is just here so we could have Howard the Duck, which is fine. And it was fun, but... He he didn't quite tie into the overall arc of the episode necessarily. Oh my god! And how does he get fresh martinis in that little cube? He, I don't you see know. Him, when he gets out, he runs to get one, but he's just really is that something all the, the space and cosmos it, and that's the thing you have a problem with. It's just uh, I don't know where he gets them from. Does he have a special <laughs> deal worked out with the collector where he gets to yeah, order the yeah, drink? If so, does he? How does he place the order? Does he always get the same? Mm-hmm. Like, would um, you do that? Would you agree to be kept in one of the collector's boxes if the deal was free drinks? I've I've stayed We've in done bars a lot of enough. shows for free drinks before, man. <laughs> exactly, I've stayed in bars long enough to be considered part of the collection. So um, yeah, I basically have agreed to do that on several occasions. Yeah, yeah. 
another couple of Easter eggs and things that jumped out. The collector has Korg's fist, which is very sad. Clearly cut off yeah. his head and using it as a weapon. Also, he has a dark matter dagger from Malekith from Thor yeah. the Dark World. He has Captain America's shield, of course, in the background, which was a very intriguing thing for how did that happen? Yeah. What changed there in terms of the overall history? Well, and it made me think of in the, the original Guardians of the Galaxy team um, in the comic books, um, there was a, a character named Vance Astro mm-hmm. um, who later inherits in later issues of the run inherits Captain America's shield and fights in space with it. So I thought that was maybe a, a, a long uh, throw to that character. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, another one, and this was Honestly, probably mentioned in Thor Ragnarok, and I completely missed it or went over my head. But the collector pulls out Hela's hat and refers to it as her necrosword, which the necrosword is the weapon of Gore the God Butcher, who is the villain in Thor Love and Thunder, the next Thor movie. So that was kind of an intriguing thing for me. I do wonder if the necrosword will show up again in that fourth Thor movie or I don't know if it doesn't matter. I mean, I think it has to. I doubt. I, I'm curious if it'll be the same. Uh, it'll be the hat that turns into the sword, sort of a mm-hmm. thing, because that's a little bit uh, lame. When you're if if Gore is going to be like a scary villain, which uh, he's sort of built that way, to have him put on Hella's hat and then have a sword <laughs> appear, like we saw here, feels a little bit like uh, odd. But yeah, but fans would love it. They'd be like, "Oh, the hat is back." Fans love it when a hat is back. Oh, man, there's nothing like a good hat back. The return of a hat, especially a hat that's so big and almost um, Mm tiara-esque. That's a very, um, that's a flirty hat. I agree. What other moments jumped out to you, if anything? Pete, anything you want to call out? Uh, Yeah, I just, I want to reiterate Jeffrey Wright doing the the Watcher start is such a great kind of dive in and... uh, yeah, I just uh, I want I just want to know I wasn't the only one bawling their eyes out at the end when they, they did that tribute. That's all. I'm sure there are other people who were bawling their eyes out. Yeah. Do you, you mean like bawling your eyes out? B a l l i n g. Straight up bawling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just bawling with just my eyes. That's it. Got you. Nice, nice. I bawling. Keep bawling. I bawling. Justin, anything uh, you wanted to call out in particular? Just a couple of, I mean, I do think that when we reveal that um, that uh, all of the rest of Wakanda was looking for T'Challa in space, even it reminded me of the the recent um, Tanahasi Coates run on Black Panther, mm-hmm. the intergalactic uh, version of Wakanda, which I thought was very cool, um, and I would have liked to see seen more of that. The that. Well, uh, no, no, no. I was going to move on to the next section, but go ahead and keep calling out your stuff. Uh, and the, the Thanos snap at the end, I thought was a yeah, fun was... little joke to, oh, uh, man. to where he just, just a I regular love... snap. Well, we talked about this before, but I just love how casual it is that he's throwing that stuff out there where yeah. he's like, he knows he's not going to do it anymore. But it's that same sort of thing where it's like you're hanging out at a bar, you're talking yeah. about your big plans, things that you planned back in the day, you're not going to do it anymore. But you know, yeah, yeah, I was just going to wipe out half the galaxy. It's no big deal. No it's, big deal. It's just it's fun. fun. It's Very fun stuff. Fun. Let's move to our next section, which is our vision board, where we look forward. And I did want to kind of pivot off of these last couple of things we talked about. Obviously, this is a horrible thing to say out loud, but obviously there's not going to necessarily be a sequel 
episode to this necessarily for obvious reasons, but what could you see from this universe potentially going forward, either in a later episode or in What If Season 2? I want to see more fun Thanos, you know, for sure. Uh, fun, fun Thanos, a uh, good twist. Um, yeah, and more of the Guardians. Uh, we don't get a lot of, obviously we see Drax, but we don't get a lot of uh, touching on the the rest of the Rocket. actual Guardian cast. Um, so mm-hmm. to have them smash in, maybe if the Ravagers are sort of heroes, the rest of the Guardians, including Peter Quill, mm-hmm. since he's been picked up by Kurt Russell, as Ego's really known, uh, I think that would be a cool uh, way to turn it into a, a sequel, the evil guardians. Yeah, definitely agree with that. There is that ominous thing at the end of bringing in Ego, and that seems like an obvious thing to bring up. That would also get to the thing that we haven't really seen in these first two episodes yet that we've talked about is the what-ifs go really dark and apocalyptic. Here we've had two very fun episodes, two very uh, not too big changes to the universe, other than obviously what T'Challa does here with Thanos. But to see Ego full throttle teaming up with his son, Peter Quill, what is that going to do long term? That would be interesting. And certainly in what ifs and alternate realities, we've seen a lot of things where the Guardians never met Peter Quill. What happens to Rocket? What happens to Groot? You know, what happens to Gamora? Nebula seems to be better off, but what about the rest of them? So that would definitely be interesting to follow going forward, potentially. Yeah, sure. did Groot never go back to his teenage ways? Is he mm-hmm. just continuing to age into an old tree? That's what everybody no. would love, right? Old Groot? Old Groot. Old Groot. Oh, aren't we all old Groots? Oh, we're all man, just that hurts, bro. Groots. Oh. Count the rings, man. <laughs> know what you're talking about. All right, folks, if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about what if iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay what? Who if? Why? Alex, if you cut a tree open, you look, you can count the rings. That's how old it is. That's what Justin How dare you? Thank you. Attack Gruton. Thank you. Hold on. I got to wake up this bear real quick.